It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Not today, Pop. The Toronto Raptors win last night in San Antonio by a score of 119-104, stopping Greg Popovich from getting his record-setting win for the all-time coaching wins race or whatever we're calling it. Uh, And there were lots of great things that came out of this game for the Raptors. Fred Van Vliet returned. We will talk about his immense impact. Scotty Barnes went supernova in the second half. We'll dig into his usage and the way the Raptors are deploying him these days. And we've got the due to the game to hand out to a very long and limber and bizarre and wonderful player who I still have yet to figure out. That's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors with Katie Heindel from Dime and Yahoo Sports and everywhere else on the internet. That's all coming up on today's episode. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Pete. Get that garbage out of here. Uh-huh. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Episode number 1135 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, March the 10th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. And you can go and follow, subscribe to, rate, review, etc. The podcast and all your favorite podcast platforms for the low, low price of On the House. You can also go to YouTube and hit the big red subscribe button over there and support the show in video form as well and as usual a big thank you for making us your first listen of the day all right on today's show the raptors snapped a three-game losing streak they're back in the win column at 35 and 30 after a 119-104 win over the san antonio spurs last night and my question for today's guest katie heindel before we dive into the raptors of it all is should greg popovich have to go back to zero (laughs) wins after losing his first attempt at uh, getting their record should we preserve don nelson's uh, record by doing that he should have to retire yeah you're done you're tied with with nelly and it's not all you can do sorry your coaching Uh, contract is yeah if that's a stipulation in your contract hell take his titles away what do i care uh yeah yeah. take it all away i do i do take a real sick pleasure i won't deny uh in the raptors tonight (laughs) that one that one measly win and that fred Uh van vliet being like yeah we took it as a challenge (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, I, they currently are the team that was beaten for the current record holder, or I guess now the co-record holder, Don Nelson, uh, mm-hmm. back in, what was it, 2008 or 9, uh, or 10? I think 2010. They, they lost to give Nelly the record, so I think it's only fair that, uh, you know, that they don't have to be the ones to lose to Pop in this case. They also had Lenny Wilkins, who I think was, mm-hmm. be, became the all-time leader while coaching for the Raptors. So this record very much tied up into this 26-year-old franchise or whatever it is. I was going to say, yeah. NBA history is so weird. Like, it always just seems haunted, you know? Like, it seems like an alive, it's like an mm-hmm. alive 
weird entity that's like yeah. i don't know really messing around behind the scenes <laughs> that's really where uh, you make your hey katie is trying to identify what the hell's going on in the weird <laughs> uh you know who's haunted the dark matter of the yeah NBA. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, well, Katie, we have a Raptors win to talk about, which is the first time we've said that in over a week, which is really nice <laughs> to say. Uh, and it was a pretty good get well win for the Raptors last night. Fred Van Vliet returns. He looked really, really good. 26 points, 7 to 15 shooting, 3 of 8 from downtown. Got to the line 10 times, 6 boards, 2 assists, 2 steals. We should probably start with him. We'll get to Scotty Barnes, I think, in segment two. But what were your impressions of Fred Van Vliet's return to the lineup? I mean, it's hard to understate the impact this dude has, and it was very much on display last night. Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing that had been missing that you see immediately set to rights when Fred's back on the floor is just the organization and the organization yes. of the floor, right? And mm -hmm. how direly you miss that, um, you know, when he's gone. It was the same with Kyle Lowry, so I feel like... That makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> um, the Fred is quieter about it. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like it seems so seamless, right, when he's out there. Um, and you could tell. Like, you could tell that it had been missing even more so if you hadn't noticed yet uh, mm -hmm. with him back last night. And I think he also, like, I think he looked really good. That was probably my other takeaway. He said as much, you know, after the game. He felt good. He's like, I feel good. We won. I'm happy. You know, <laughs> like, I, I think that's, that's, if you, if you were concerned at all about whether or not he should be out or he should be out longer, I think that's where you take it, you know, from the source in this case, you know, mm -hmm. from him and, and just think the rest did him good. It was necessary. Uh, and he's decided it's time to come back. And I feel really good about that. To me, that is like the, 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 the best case scenario for load management, right? You're letting the player lead. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we, we saw it last night. It wasn't just Fred came back, you know, sort of at 80% and wasn't, you know, doing all the things that he typically does. And that was the problem in those two games out of the All-Star break against the Hornets and the Hawks where he played but was clearly not right. Mm -hmm. Like when you don't have his point of attack defense, which they did not really have much of in those Hornets or Hawks games, ask LaMelo Ball and Trey Young how the resistance was in those ones. Um, you know, when you don't have his ability to get to the basket, which we saw last night, our, our pal Louis Zatzman pointed this out before the game, um, sort of noting that when he's on, he's getting to the rim. And then it was mentioned after the game by Nick Nurse as well, got to the rim a bunch, you know, only eight of his 15 attempts were threes, which is pretty low for his standards. He got inside and he also, you know, carved up the defense from inside, right? It wasn't just shooting. It was getting things swinging around. The Raptors did not have a banner assist night. We should point that out. Just 12 assists in the game. They were only one of eight from three in the first quarter. They kind of came around as the game went along. But, you know, even though it wasn't a typical, you know, high assist game from Fred, only the two in the game, I thought just like the, the healthy sort of nature of the team was kind of restored by him being back in there. And, and look, a big part of it is you have more than one shooter on the floor. And as much as, you know, Gary Trent Jr. has been struggling, he has been that one sort of agent of space for the team. And you get Fred back in there and it's just that much more that, you know, a few extra inches for whoever's in the middle of the zone to figure things out. And I thought the Raptors did a really good job of just not getting bogged down last night mm -hmm. and using that extra space to their advantage. You know, Pascal Siakam was kind of driving at will and getting to the bucket whenever he really wanted to, especially in the first half. And then the second half was Scotty Barnes doing that as well. And again, it all kind of revolves around the extra space that Fred provides, the extra organization. I really liked 
Kayla Gray's pregame little spiel on the baseline before the game started. She was digging into, you know, her, her chat with Fred before the game. And Fred was like, no, sh not shy about saying how important he is to the team. He's like, mm -hmm. I do a lot for us, man. I organize us. I like talking out there. Mm -hmm. I'm part of the communication. Like all of that was very much on display last night. And, and if they can get this version of Fred, who maybe is not 100%, maybe no one's 100% this time of year. But if they can get this version of him for the stretch run, I feel pretty good about where things sit with the team and their ability to rattle off enough wins here, at least to stave off the Nets for seventh and still maybe climb back up into sixth. I guess the question is, Katie, with Fred back now, does it change the way you view the last five or seven games since the All-Star break? Like, are you looking at those games as just a total anomaly due to the lack of Fred? Or is there, are there issues there that can't kind of popped up over the losses and the, you know, not in the kind of squeaker win over the Nets they got in the second one against Brooklyn? Like, are there any issues from those games that you still think still matter going forward now that Fred's back? Or if Fred's available, are all those issues kind of just like, ah, there's a wash that don't really matter to me? Uh, no, because I think like I'm, as much as I wish that Fred would solve all the team's problems all the time, mm -hmm. um, those problems still do carry over some of them. Like he fixes the majority of them, but mm -hmm. I think opportunities like that um, are always good to zero in on things that aren't working because you mm -hmm. maybe don't have this nice cover of a player <laughs> like Fred Van Vliet, right? To, to sort of staunch and patch holes like as the game goes on um i think turnovers was like a thing that was a problem last night i i think the um i forget the it was not very Only great 10 podcasting last night. <clears throat> but the spurs i think took advantage of most of them yeah, yeah like that's where a lot of their points were coming from so yeah you're right it's only 10 um but i think like that carried over to me that carried over from this last stretch of games and it, it like speaks to um i think just like <laughs> sometimes getting ahead of themselves whether that's in transition or just getting too strung out on the floor and again yeah fred does fix a lot of those problems mm -hmm. but there are going to be cases where as you said like this is a really difficult period in the season nobody's 100 percent. how do you preserve uh players while keeping an eye on whether it's like the play-in or i don't know how far realistically you want to hope this team would go in the mm -hmm. postseason but you know you want to give fred rest right where you can so you can't just rely on him to like solve all the problems when he's in if you don't want him to be in all of the time so yeah. i think yeah so i was just gonna say i think the problems are nominal like uh addressable but mm -hmm. it would be stupid <laughs> To just be like, yeah, they don't those forget those games. Like, you know, like they, they don't <laughs> exist. We got Fred back and you know, we're we're in top form now. Yeah, I would say I think the issues from the last seven games before last night, you know, they're more sort of big picture ones, maybe mm -hmm. less tied to this season. Like it's, mm -hmm. you know, how do you construct the bench going forward? And what do you do about backup point guard? And Malachi Flynn, you know, has been the answer to that over his last four games. But of course, he's out now. We don't know when he's going to return. Hamstrings are fickle and it could be a while until he's back. And they will need some capable backup point guard play in order to really help get through this stretch of the season here as they go towards the finish. And, you know, the guy we're going to talk about in the due to the game offered a pretty uh, nice taste of what some solid backup point guard play could look like. And I mean, Fred played just 34 minutes last night. You'd love to see it. It, it was mm -hmm. a, a nice easing back into things. Um, you know, I, I agree. I think some of the issues are still there. And honestly, most of those issues, I think, will probably be solved by OG Ananobi whenever he comes back. Like, I think you saw last night, 
even with Fred being back and available, like a guy like DeJounte Murray is just not really Fred's bag. He's so long and like just gangly and really difficult for Fred to corral. That's the kind of guy that, you know, and the Raptors did this. They kind of switched their bigger guys onto him in the second half and it kind of, you know, cut off the the head of the snake as it were. And, you know, I think OG in a lot of situations has been their sort of catch-all solution for guys like that, right? Mm -hmm. You think back to crunch times against the Hawks or any other team with like a really speedy guard. Usually OG is kind of there. All right, well, it's not working with Fred. Let's bust out the big guns and throw OG on this guy. And that usually, you know, mops up most of the issues. So they still need OG back. The shooting is still a concern. Just 11 of 30 last night. Nothing great. I mean, 37%. It's like a great night for them. Still, you would wish there was higher volume. And there were stretches in this game, particularly when Fred was on the sidelines, mostly in the second quarter, if I recall, when they kind of lost their lead, where the zone gets busted out and it's still a bit of a challenge to break apart. But uh, all told, really, really happy to have Fred Van Vliet back in the lineup. And we're going to continue on here in just a sec. We're going to dive into Scotty Barnes's awesome game and what makes him such a freaking delight. That's going to come up in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about a new sponsor we have here at Locked On, and that is Athletic Greens. This is a wonderful product that kind of fits a lot of the needs of my day-to-day life. I Look, I talk on this podcast a lot. About my eating habits, I am not a very healthy eater uh, by all things considered, right? Like I exercise, I do long workouts and stuff like that to try to balance it out, but I eat like a monster sometimes and I'm not always getting the nutrition that I need. But Athletic Greens is here to solve that problem with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, uh, probiotics and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things that matter. And uh, it's really a wonderful product. I started using it this week. They sent me some stuff, and I feel great. It tastes pretty good. It tastes like bubble gum, kind of. I think there's kind of a, it varies what you think the taste is depending on your own palate, but it's nice. You just put it in a glass of water in the morning. You drink it down, and it is a wonderful way to start your day. It's perfect insurance for your nutrition. It was founded by an outdoors act, like athletic man who really, really thought that he was living a life that was healthy, but he found that he had gut health trouble and uh, was really not getting all the nutrition that he needed. And it was costing him a hundred bucks a day to properly stock up on all the supplements he needed to keep his athletic life going. So he created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it is to create optimal nutrition on your own. And so Go check them out. It really is a wonderful place, uh, a wonderful product. Their AG1 formula is uh, is there to, again, it, it sort of coats your stomach in the morning with all the nutrients you need and helps give you a base for the day so you know that, oh, I didn't have a great day eating, but I did have that insurance in the morning with that one little scoop. It is climate neutral. It's a certified climate neutral company that, company that is in 2020 AG purchase carbon credits that support projects protecting old growth rainforests. It's a product you want to be part of. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune, 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 immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit, visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up an ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That's Athletic Greens and their AG1 formula. Go check them out. I highly recommend them. 
And today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, so you are never making a bet without all the information you need to make the right bet. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online is where the game starts. And we continue on your first listen of the day here with Katie Heindel from Dime and Yahoo Sports and Basketball Feelings and the whole internet. Uh, Katie, Scotty Barnes, <laughs> last night, 20 points on 8 of 12 shooting, continues his run of really, really excellent efficiency. Uh, eight boards, one assist, a plus 11 overall, 4 of 4 from the line. And in the second half, after a pretty quiet first half, just two points on two attempts, he goes for 18 points on 8 of 10 shooting. Uh, and more or less just he assembled a bingo card of Spurs defenders over which he scored. It was really, really impressive stuff. What were your thoughts on Scotty Barnes' second half last night in particular, the overall game? And I guess just like his recent stretch here of kind of being able to take over as a scorer for this Raptors team when they need buckets. Just fantastic uh, consistency, I think, yeah. from a rookie and like really important to keep that in mind. Um, because that's so rare and he has such uh, space and room for it with the Raptors, which is also so rare. Um, mm -hmm. I know there have been some complaints about his maybe offensive touches or like his role in the offense. To me, I really don't see it because uh, I've said this before, but like I feel like it's a job shadowing situation where you want him to to get a taste of everything in his mm -hmm. first season with the team and his first year in the NBA. So I'm really fine if there's some games where he's quote quiet. And I want to say like, put that in quotes because like, you know, when you're still averaging about 20 points per game, it's mm -hmm. not really that quiet. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you know, like any, any uh, established NBA player would be happy to have those numbers, you know, just as much as a rookie. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm, again, I'm just like more and more like, Th thrilled every day more than I thought I could be um, with Scotty Barnes's like maturation. I think the way that he's handled uh, his role and like his offensive responsibilities with the team that he can still be a very explosive player, but a super astute and smart one to know when like the balls, it's actually best for it to leave his hands right now, or actually it's mm -hmm. best for him to take the shot because I know that was a critique that Nick nurse had of him more like, I guess, toward uh, approaching midseason, which is like, we want him to shoot. Like if he mm -hmm. sees the shot, we want him to shoot. And he's doing that, but he's also recognizing where he's maybe not in the best position to do that. Uh, and I think that's great. And I think that's like the tutelage of being under someone like Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi. Um, Yeah, I like, uh, I don't know. I feel like every time we talk about Scotty, I'm just like, I'm just so happy <laughs> for him. <laughs> but I am. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how can he not be? He is like so far ahead of the curve as to where he was expected to be. It's unbelievable. And yeah, you know, I, I don't get the usage complaints really when it comes mm -hmm. to Scotty. Like he's getting his looks. He's scoring 20 points a game over the last stretch here. Like he's doing just fine in the scoring and offense department. And it's not 
how basketball works to just funnel everything through one guy, especially on this team where there are lots of guys who can finish plays for you. And it is kind of part of the deal that when they're at full health, their main five guys, every one of them is a threat to score. Every one of them can put it on the deck. Every one of them can create something out of nothing if they have to, and they're pressed. That's a feature and not a bug. And I think if you were to sort of like reorganize the org chart where Barnes is kind of getting, you know, he's the 27% usage guy and everyone else is going down in usage, like that's not going to lead to a healthy offense or a healthy version of the team. And I don't think that's what Scotty Barnes wants either. You mentioned how he's like constantly looking to make the right play mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe overpasses at times and things like that. Like that's, again, feature, not bug. He's someone who's looking to see the best play made at all times when he's on the floor, whether it's him making it or somebody else. And so, yeah, like he's getting moments and opportunities to flex his muscles as a scorer. That's happening. It's not like it's not that you're going through like three, four game stretches where he's averaging three shots a game. He's getting his looks. He also just happens to be doing it extremely efficiently. So like, you know, do you want him taking more than 12 shots? If he's scoring eight of them, I feel like that's probably enough. Um, You know, it's just a, a silly way to think about the way the, the Raptors are constructed. And I think it kind of misses the whole point of what this team is to say, well, Scotty's great. So he should get more looks. He's going to get his looks. He's 20 years old. It will come in time. And in the meantime, he's just, uh, you know, ripping souls at a dudes, <laughs> regardless of how tall they are, or how long they are. It just doesn't seem to matter. Um, I mean, I will also yeah. note that I think where some of the offensive problems have come from as of late have actually been when the Raptors have tried to revert to a more ISO oriented team, mm-hmm. which they are not mm-hmm. like in their DNA or like this current team constructed as you actually just you don't have one shooter like yeah. that. Um, and that's, I think, where when trying to force that is when they've gotten into these like offensive droughts, you know. Uh, yeah. and like hiccups in games um, and try and like salvage and leverage the defense to spark the offense to usually no result, Right. Yeah. So again, I just think that's not it. it I, I don't know. Like, I guess it, I don't even see the appeal of it. Cause to me, it's not better basketball to watch. Yeah. And you also have to understand like that. It just doesn't fit the team that you're watching. <laughs> Yeah, I, like last night's a perfect like you get three guys in twenty with twenty points or more. Like that's mm-hmm. great. You, you, that's a perfect balance, and that's what this team has been out about, about all season when it's been at its best is balance and the starters carrying the day. But the secret is that you don't know which one is going to carry it necessarily. And again, that's good. That's not bad. Um, I also I don't know if you've picked up on this, Katie. Sometimes I'll just watch Scotty Barnes like for you know <laughs> 10, 15 possessions, and. I noticed this thing where when let's say the uh, more erratic players on the team do things that are silly or dumb, he gets so mad because he's like, that's not the right basketball play. Like you can see him like he's not showing anybody up or anything like that. But I do think that, you know, we're seeing him kind of emboldened to sort of take things into his own hands a little bit more often. And, you know, we've seen a lot of these games lately, you know, I think back to the Nets games last week, for example, especially the second one where it just felt like he's not losing this game. He's like going to go down with the ship and he's kind of just like, all right, that guy's not going to make the smart plays I'm going to make. So I'm Mm going to do it. And honestly, like it's a thing he has to work on sometimes because he's operating at such a like accelerated clip that sometimes he'll like throw passes to guys who don't even realize that they're going to be open in a couple of seconds. And it's like way too ahead. And he's got to figure out like who he's working with almost. Yeah. But 
like I, I, I think it's why he fits so nicely with the starters is because they're all pretty high IQ guys, right? Mm-hmm. And he plays off of Fred and Pascal so nicely because they all see things the way he does. It's just what he's playing with, again, more erratic types. Uh, it gets a little bit more of a, you can see the frustration with him because he just, he knows what the right play is. He just wasn't in the position to make it and had to watch someone else not make it. And I, I think that's awesome. I think, you know, the more he's emboldened to, say uh, well if you want something done right i'll just you got to do it yourself i think that's probably a good thing for the raptors in in the grand scheme of things down the line so yeah uh, i love it scotty yeah and i think that measure of control it's interesting actually jante murray had a quote uh after the game just like talking about why the spurs lost and he was like you know we try and have an x-men mentality he said but that team the raptors he's like they they've been together for so long and they have Hmm. everyone knows their roles and i was like actually (laughs) <laughs> a couple of them have right but like yeah. to us it's a new team like to raptors fans like yeah. the majority of these it's not the same team and like that was the huge thing going into this season is like how is this team going to fit together and i still think that's where a lot of their growing pains are coming from but it's always interesting to get that perspective from the outside especially someone who's playing against them uh and i think scotty barnes fits into that really perfect mm-hmm. because um he he like understands like he understands his role so intimately already that mm-hmm. it does seem like and like that's the surprising thing that it does seem like he's been with this team forever. Totally. Uh, we are actually going to talk more about Scotty Barnes on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Raptors and sort of try to contextualize his rookie season in the grand history of Raptors rookie seasons with our pal Amit Man from Yahoo Sports. So uh, you have that to look forward to. On Friday, before we wrap up the show, though, we're going to give out the dude of the game as we do after every Raptors game. And uh, we'll give it out to uh, a person we've kind of teased already. (laughs) He's very long. He's very gangly. I compared him last night to the great Gonzo from the Muppets because I don't know what the hell he is, but he's very fun to watch fly through the air. We'll get to that in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a wonderful place for someone like me who is a car dum-dum. I only have a car for utility. I don't care what my car is. I don't care what it looks like or where anything, really. It's just so I can get from point A to point B. And that means I don't have much expertise on what's going on inside the guts of my car. And when parts are in need, I am just usually at the mercy of the mechanic. And I go, hey, uh, can can you fix this? And they'll say, yes, we have this one part. It costs this much money and you're going to pay it. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to drive your car out of here. And I'm stuck there thinking, okay, I I guess I just have to pay that price. But that is not the case because rockauto.com has all the parts you might need for your car and they have choice they have different prices they have specifications that are varied as well and different brands you can choose from so you can go and get the part that works for you and your budget and your preference and then you can bring that part into the mechanic and say hey good sir put this in the car and they will do it and you won't have to pay for the part you just pay for the labor baby uh so highly recommend you go to rockauto.com you go and uh check out all the parts available for your car or truck they've got everything you need from the important stuff to the aesthetic stuff and everything in between so go and check out their super easy to explore website i can use it therefore you can use it because once again car dumb dumb over here and i have managed to figure it out you're going to save yourself a lot of money and you'll be doing it knowing you're buying from a family business that's that's been doing it for over 20 years go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on there how did you hear about us box to know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com the nba playoffs are right around the corner and 
Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Katie is back uh, after a stealth dropout in the ad uh, to fix the weird feed that was going on. Apologies to those watching on video. Uh, I don't even know if it ends up uh, in the final product looking as weird as it did on my end. But you were kind of like a robot with a very smooth voice. Yeah. Okay. Apologies to (laughs) the guy who had so long hated my Wi-Fi. And then I it you know, upgraded the Wi-Fi. Now he's probably <laughs> upset. He's like, yeah. what happened? Like it was going fine. Now it sounds yeah. like she's Damn dead. you telecom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's Katie, let's hand out the dude of the game, which is what we do. Of course, at the end of every episode, breaking down a Toronto Raptors game. And today's dude of the game is going to be one Delano Banton, who last night comes in, plays 21 minutes off the bench. He was three of six, six points, four boards, four assists, a steal and a block, a plus four overall. Uh, Really fun stuff from Delano Banton last night. And he's going to have a shot here, Katie, to play quite a bit of minutes. You get 21 minutes last night in relief for Fred VanVleet. Played with Fred some, obviously, but with no Malachi Flynn and the desire to keep Fred from being grounded to dust – they're going to need some supplementary ball handling here. And Baton last night after he's kind of been in the weeds this season, you know, mm-hmm. up and down back to the G league and back to the NBA, yada, yada, yada. Hasn't quite captured the form of the first couple of weeks where he kind of caught the league by storm. But uh, what did you think of the way Banton played last night in his good little turn of minutes off the bench? I mean, he even got crunch time minutes in the fourth quarter when the game was still sort of somewhat in the balance, helped put it away. Thoughts on the way Delano Banton played last night in San Antonio. I thought he played really well. I think the the main thing that stuck out for me was um, because this has been something that has hounded him a little bit is his sense of timing uh, mm. seemed pretty improved and I think fairly measured. Uh, there was a late, it was like he had a lob up to Precious. Oh, and like, yeah. Yeah, and like Precious's timing too, but like the two of them being able to see that mm-hmm. and figure that out on the fly in tandem, those are two guys who have had a lot of trouble this season with just like finding their spots at the right time, yeah. you know, and like four months ago, like that passes sailing over the backboard as precious yeah. misses it by nine feet. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like the pass is super wide and like yeah. really too strong. You know, it's just like they, that's like the thing with guys like that, that are long and super strong and like, like Delano in Delano's case, very rangy. Um, mm-hmm. You got to learn how to hone that and like reel mm-hmm. it in. That explosiveness is key. Right. And like that explosiveness is always going to be what sets players like that apart and makes them so special. But you can't be explosive all the time, uh, especially in crunch time. You got to you got to like reel (laughs) it in a little bit. So I was really like I was super heartened to see that. uh, And Mm -hmm. I think and I think it shows again, like I look at this like the stints in the G League are really important Mm -hmm. uh, to somebody like Delano. uh, And I think he's making it shows that he's making the most of them this season, because in a way it's almost like a pressure valve. Like the mm-hmm. way that G League basketball gets played, and especially the way like this Nano Five team plays, um, he can go there and be explosive, you know, and like be the lead scorer uh, mm-hmm. and like get all that out, and then he can come to the Raptors 
and like kind of clamp down and work on more of like the timing and the fundamentals uh, yeah. that the team actually needs from him. So it's good. I think it's great. He's kind of fun. He's like figuring that balance out. Yeah. I mean, it's still going to be a challenge, I think, for him to make things happen consistently in the mm -hmm. half court, just because he's got that very like high and wide dribble and, you know, it can easily kind of be gobbled up. Teams seem to have figured out early on in the season. Oh, he loves to go behind his back. We can play a plan for that. And he just doesn't have a ton of counters for that just yet. Mm -hmm. But that's fine. He's a rookie. He's, he's a second round pick. You're not supposed to have all the answers just yet. But I like I just think. You know, when I, I find that he's always doing good things defensively when he comes in, even if he's going to make the odd mistake here that you might expect from a rookie, he's just so disruptive mm -hmm. because he's so long. And the fact that when he comes in, you can almost count on like a couple of possessions just turning into easy buckets because of his activity. Like that is massive because this is a team that as much as, you know, their their return to Fred Van Vliet and eventually OG Ananobi will help their half-court offense, this is still a team that butters its bread by getting it on the run and not having to play too many half-court possessions over the course of 48 minutes. And any little extra spots you can squeeze those easy possessions out, like that is going to have a tangible difference at the end of games. And if he can sort of figure out how to operate in the half court and, and, you know, leverage, you know, lob threats like Precious Achua. And maybe you can dot him with shooters around him as well to kind of support him. If you can play him with a Gary Trent Jr. and OG when he's back or Fred, like that's going to help him as well because he can navigate space a little bit more easily. I, I just, you know, he's a very, very incomplete player. I don't know what he is. Like I continue to just be baffled as to, is he a guard? Is he a point forward? Like, is he going to be a wing? Like, uh, who ca who cares? It's the Raptors. Mm -hmm. The positions mean nothing. And Delano Banton is kind of the perfect encapsulation of the ethos of this team. You know, do you think so? 21 minutes against the Spurs last night, there's a little bit of garbage time at the end of the game. You know, do, do you think 20 minutes is kind of what you're hoping for from Delano here in relief of Fred going down the stretch here? Or is that maybe too much to ask of him? Maybe, you know, to hope for every night to look like last night is a bit of, a, of an unfair burden to put on his shoulders. Yeah, every night won't look like last night, but I don't think the minutes, I don't think the minutes is an unfair thing to ask because you got to, mm -hmm. like, you also have to ask, right? Like mm -hmm. a player like uh, Delano isn't going to get better. I don't want to say better. He's not going to improve and the things that you're, you're asking him to improve on if you don't give him the runway to do it. And in some right. cases to make mistakes, mm -hmm. you know, like very painful <laughs> mistakes that he won't forget um, mm -hmm. and embarrassing in some cases, but like, that's like, that's kind of the point. So I think 20 minutes feels good. I think you can kind of go to either end of that, right? Like some games you probably won't need him for that much time and he'll, he'll come in. And as you said, like be the destabilizer yeah. and unbalance the other team, um, and some games I could see him staying and even like a little bit longer, depending mm -hmm. on how he grows his, his role, you know, with the team. And, you know, there is that fluidity there and I'm not really in a, I wouldn't want to see the Raptors, uh, pick like one spot for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like too soon. I think it's much too soon to do that. So just like reap the benefits of having, uh, a player like that whose capabilities stretch like well beyond one position. Yeah, I, I do think, though, you know, if there's if you're looking for examples, if you're looking for like a short list of guys for Banton to lock himself into the film room in and watch, Dejounte mm -hmm. Murray is not a bad pull. Yeah, like long, yeah. gangly, can't really shoot, but has figured it out and is just like an all encompassing stat stuffer whenever he's on the floor. 
you know, I don't think Banton's ever going to have that level of responsibility on this Raptors team at lot, at least not anytime soon while Fred Van Vliet's around. But mm -hmm. like that uh, is a pretty interesting archetype because Delano, I mean, DeJounte Murray's a problem at six foot five doing the things that he does. You know, and he's got like these wonderful little in-between finishes. He can finish around people because he's just got such long arms that he can kind of evade contests around the bucket. He had like the off glass, off window stuff that he was pulling out too. Like he's a really funky player. And, uh, you know, as a fellow funk dude, I, I think Banton <laughs> should really be uh, looking across the aisle and saying, hey, like that's a guy I can try to emulate. And, and you know, you know, Murray's got the high dribble because he's got the long ass arms and everything like that. Like lots of similarities there just with four extra inches of Delano Banton to absorb if you're an opposing defense. So um, that was a, a fun little, you know, contrast or, or I guess a, a comparison point for Banton last night was watching Murray do uh, what he did, which boy, 25, nine and 12 uh, guys. Good. He's, he's very good at basketball. Um, any parting shots, Katie, before we round out this show, anything you'd like to plug uh, mm. or any last thoughts on the game? Game was good. Um, stick it to Greg Popovich. Happy, <laughs> happy, to, happy to do that. <laughs> no, man, uh, you can uh, go to basketballfeelings.com. How about that? Everyone go to basketballfeelings.com as a paid subscriber. Cannot recommend the $7 a month that it costs to subscribe enough. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, what else? You can go to whatevs on Twitter and follow <laughs> Katie's tweets. Uh, we also did an, a basketball episode that dropped today. It was a yeah. very fun one. It very literary. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we yeah. a lot of book talk, uh, <laughs> as it relates to the NBA and the protagonists and the antagonists of the NBA. So go check that out. And, uh, as always, thanks for making us your first listen of the day. You can make your second listen of the day locked on NBA as the crew over there every single night is breaking down all of the games that are taking place and uh, giving you what you need to know. If you miss the games, if you're not watching every game every night, if you're a Raptors fan who kind of keeps a peripheral eye on the rest of the league, Locked on NBA is a wonderful way to supplement your intake. So go and do that. Uh, as always, you can subscribe to the podcast for free on all your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. And with that, we will leave you for the rest of the day. Enjoy your Thursday. We'll be back again tomorrow with Amit Mann from Yahoo Sports Canada to talk about Scotty Barnes and how much he rocks. Until then, bye-bye. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.